Hello and welcome to HW News Report. Here you can listen to news from political and economical world. Follow this podcast now to stay updated. At HW News, we have been delivering news that matters to you. Our goal is to present you with information that simulates conversation around topics of larger public importance that are often lost in the noise of shrill prime time. My name is Aarti and you are watching HW News. Welcome to South Connect. In this our weekly show, we talk about important news from across the five states of southern India. So let's begin this week's South Connect with news from Karnataka. Well, the age of consensual sex in India is 18 years under the POCSO Act. So the Karnataka Drugs Control Department last week reportedly issued a circular stating that the teens and men and women in the state can get access to condoms only if they were 18 years of age and above. But after the backlash, it said it didn't even release it in the first place. The circular reportedly issued by the Karnataka Drug Control Department put a ban on the sale of contraceptives and condoms to those below the age of 18. The controversial order that sparked many debates around unwanted pregnancies and risk of sexually transmitted diseases was soon rolled back. After the controversy, the department completely denied releasing any circular to the effect of prohibiting pharmacists from selling condoms, oral contraceptives and antidepressants to minors in the first place. Earlier media reports suggested that the order was issued after state drug controller in charge Bhagoji T. Khanapure was quoted as saying that the state government is promoting condoms to prevent sexually transmitted diseases and for population control. However, it is not for teens or school kids. The circular had reportedly been issued after condoms, contraceptives and cigarettes and whiteners were found in the bags of school students in November last year. This had led to a debate over the age of consensual sex in India. Well, that's a different topic and we will someday talk about it in a different video. But what do you think about this circular? Was it a right move or wrong? Let us know. Now, in another news, in yet another incident, posters were put up outside a temple in Mangaluru prohibiting Muslims from setting shops or trade in temple premises. However, after matter was brought to notice, the police promptly removed these banners. The posters were put up outside Kadri Shri Manjunath Temple Fair that prohibited Muslims from carrying out trading and business activity near the temple. The banners put up by right-wing outfits mentioned the cooker blast in Mangaluru on November 19th for which a man named Muhammad Shariq was arrested and alleged that his primary target was in fact the Kadri Manjunath temple. The banner also said that people with such a mindset and those who opposed idol worship cannot engage in trade and business during a fair near the place of worship. The banners also stated that the only traders who believed in the rituals and ceremonies of the Hindu religion will be allowed to continue with trade and businesses at the temple. However, the temple administration, which falls under the religious endowment department, did not approve of the banner that was put up in the vicinity of the temple fair. The police then promptly removed the banners with a view to maintaining peace and harmony in the area. Let's move on to the next state, that is Kerala. Amidst a series of food poisoning cases being reported from the state, the license of a restaurant in Thrissur district has been suspended after it continued to function despite orders from the Food Safety Department to remain closed. The Food Safety Department had asked for closure due to the unhygienic condition of the restaurant's kitchen. 
A food inspector told the media that they received a complaint about a food served in the Buhari's hotel on MG Road two weeks back and they collected samples of chicken and sent it for test. On January 19, the team of food inspectors went back to the restaurant after a family complained that their child had severe food poisoning after consuming chicken biryani from the restaurant. However, on January 28th, one of those food inspectors who was travelling on the road found that the restaurant was still open. When the food inspector questioned the restaurant, they said that they just delivered a parcel. When they refused to close the kitchen down, the officer then went to Thrissur West Police Station and came back to the restaurant with police official and then closed it down. Let's move on to another news from the state. Last week, Kerala Chief Minister Pinarai Vijayan once again reiterated his answer to the criticism that Kerala is in a dead trap. He said there was a false campaign to portray that the state was in a debt trap. The state's revenue growth is more than the growth in debt, he said after announcing the restructuring of the state GST department. He said there is a campaign that the state's liabilities increased 13-fold in the last 20 years. The state's domestic revenue was 63,000 crore rupees 20 years ago. That has risen to over 10 lakh crore now. That is a 16-fold increase. The revenue income was 9,973 crore rupees 20 years ago. That has become 1,35,000 crore now, a 14-fold increase. The per capita income was 19,463 crore rupees 20 years ago and it has now grown to over 2.3 lakh. Now, this is a 12-fold increase. The per capita income of the state is now 77% higher than the national average he pointed out while defending his state. He further said that the states have only limited powers in the GST Council. The centre ignored the protest by the states, including Kerala, against the newly introduced 5% tax on food items. Let's now move on to the state of Tamil Nadu. A criminal defamation case has been filed by the Tamil Nadu Raj Bhavan against the DMK office bearer Shivaji Krishnamurthy for his speech against Governor R.N. Ravi. On 19th of January, the Governor's office filed a petition in the Sessions Court in Chennai. The petition alleged that Shivaji's speech was false and made deliberately to defame the Governor's reputation. The petition also called the speech malicious, adding that there is no truth in the allegations and the allegations are false in nature. The speech directly directly impeaches the reputation of the Honourable Governor of Tamil Nadu, that's what the petition said. Now, in his speech, Shivaji was reacting to the controversy after Governor Ravi skipped the portions of his customary address to the Assembly prepared for him by the state government. Among the portions that the Governor did not read out were references to Dr. B. R. Ambedkar and to Dravidian leaders. Reacting to this, Shivaji said, and I quote, if you don't read out the speech given by the government, then go to Kashmir and we will send terrorists so that they gun you down. He also further said, if the governor refuses to utter the name of Dr. Ambedkar in his speech in the assembly, do I not have the right to assault him? That's what he asked during his speech on January 14th and made a few other derogatory remarks on Governor Ravi. Shivaji also made comments on BJP's Tamil Nadu President K. Anamalai and responded to allegations of dynasty politics in the DMK using offensive language. The Raj Bhavan's petition claims that Krishnamurti is liable for prosecution under Section 499 of the IPC, which deals with defamation, and Section 500, which deals with punishment for defamation, Earlier, the Raj Bhavan and the state unit of the P had also approached the police with separate complaints, 
seeking action against the DMK functionary for his abusive and intimidatory speech. Let's move on to another news from the state. The new year seems to have brought a delicious gift for the Chennai residents. Who isn't a fan of Popeye's fried chicken? Well, for the much delight of the Chennaiites, a popular American restaurant has opened its first outlet of fried chicken in Chennai last week. The brand is best known for its bold and famous Louisiana-style fried chicken and its signature chicken sandwich, which became a phenomenon in the United States and the rest of the globe. The flagship entry of Popeyes was marked in India with the opening of its first restaurant in Bangalore, followed by a rapid expansion to 12 restaurants across the city in less than a year. The outlet has started welcoming customers from 20th of January, so that's a pretty delightful treat for Chennai residents. Let's now move on to Andhra Pradesh. A controversy is brewing over in Andhra Pradesh's absence at the World Economic Forum event at Davos, Switzerland this year, especially with neighbouring Telangana setting up a pavilion in a bid to attract investment. Last year, a delegation led by Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister Jagan Mohan Reddy had visited Davos when the event was held after a gap of two years to pitch for investment. According to sources, WEF organisers invited Andhra Pradesh this year as well but failed to get a positive response from the state. The WEF is an invite-only event. It draws around 3,000 attendees each year and it is free for all the World Economic Forum members. The WEF is a global platform where leaders from all walks of life come together to address global problems and is an effective platform to attract investors. The 53rd edition of the event began this year on Sunday, January 16th and ended on January 20th. The Jagan-led Andhra delegation hailed the 2021 event as a big success as it had signed MOUs of investment to the tune of 1.25 lakh crore. This makes the absence of the state this year all the more conspicuous. Commenting on the controversy, TDP General Secretary Nara Lokesh said that Chandrababu Naidu, former Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister, Visiting Davos nine times and why is Jagan Mohan Reddy showing no interest spells out how Andhra Pradesh's potential to create jobs for its youth has been destroyed. Let's move on to the next news from the state. It is often said that the way to one's heart passes through their tummy. Serving food is also often an expression of love and care. But how far will you go to express your love and care through food? Seek no more examples because we have one that triumphed all others. A couple, Bhima Rao and Chandra Leela from Eluru district in Andhra Pradesh, organized a special Sankranti feast for their newly married daughter and son-in-law. And guess how many types of dishes were there on the spread? Well, there were 379 types of food items. This included 40 types of flavoured rice, 20 roti, chutneys, 40 curries, 40 fries, 90 to 100 sweets, 70 hot items, juices, drinks and much more. Their son-in-law Murlidhar took to Instagram to share the video of the event. According to some reports, Chandra Leela said once the son-in-law had questioned about food culture of Godavari area during his engagement with her daughter. Hence, they decided to surprise him with this extensive spread. The spread took almost 8 months of preparation and 2 weeks of making. Well. What would you do if you are surprised with such a great spread? Let's move on to the next state, that is Telangana. More than a month after renaming his 21-year-old Telangana Rashtra Samiti as the Bharat Rashtra Samiti, Telangana Chief Minister KCR held a maiden mega-public meeting at Khammam district on Wednesday. 
Khambam is a small town with a population of around 15 lakh in the southeast part of Telangana. It not only shares its borders with Andhra Pradesh but also echoes its socio-cultural ethos. The city was draped in pink with thousands of banners and balloons in party colors placed on the way. This massive public meeting was the first of its kind in Khammam. The meeting was attended by at least four chief ministers. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal, Punjab's Bhagwant Maan, Kerala's Pinarayi Vision kept KCR company on the stage. Akhilesh Yadav, former Chief Minister of Uttar Pradesh, D. Raja, the National Secretary of Communist Party of India, were also among the other invitees. The Amadmi Party, Samajwadi Party, Communist Party of India Marxist and CPI came together to show their solidarity with KCR, who has been claiming to promote an alternative politics and bring a qualitative change to India's national politics. Well, that's all for this week's South Connect. Do let us know what you think about this in the comment box below. For more news and updates, you can log on to www.sc.com. hwnews.in Now be the first to know about the latest updates on our new news app go on your android or ios search for hw news network download our app choose the language you prefer to get updates in and be up to date with the latest news If you like this episode please rate us with 5 stars right now. HW News podcasts are available on Benchpods and all other audio platforms. Also, don't miss to check out Sound Connect from the House of HW News podcast. And we're sure you'll love it too.